so excited you decided to take the time to listen to Creatives Talk. My name is Eric Humphrey, and on this podcast, I get the chance to speak with some of the most interesting, inspiring people I've worked with and been mentored by. I hope you enjoy. Before we get into the episode, let me apologize to everyone that's tuned in to any episode of Creative Talk. I've taken entirely too long to produce a new episode. I've got no excuses for it. I want to make a promise to you that this won't happen again. And I hope you continue to listen and then be inspired by the content that I'm able to produce through these conversations I have with some really amazing individuals. Again, I'm sorry. So I'm really excited to be here today with Kalana for Creative Talk. I had the opportunity to meet her about two years ago. Yeah. Uh, her cousin actually went to college with me, and he said, I got this dope cousin that works at InStyle New York. I want you to meet her. And so I was planning a trip to New York, reached out to her. We met and just connected. I actually shot her while I was here, and recently I had the chance to work with her over the Golden Globe. So it's been great knowing you and building a relationship thank with you. you so great like i'm so happy that my cousin connected us great people great energy doing big things and i'm happy to be here yeah so for those of you that don't know kalana is the at-large editor for fashion and beauty at InStyle magazine mm-hmm. and she has built an amazing career and platform for herself also outside thank of InStyle thank in you. the industry so tell me, how did you even get into the editorial world? So I um, went to Howard, HU, um, and I majored in journalism, and I minored in fashion merchandising. And I always knew I wanted to do something in fashion, but my parents would never pay for me to go to college just to do fashion merchandising. So I was like, you know what? How can I merge writing with fashion? So I thought, you know, I knew I wanted to work for a fashion magazine, and I knew, you know, getting a degree in journalism would be would be um, just a secure, a very stable um, degree to get. Like, if I didn't get a job in in magazine, I would be able to kind of go anywhere with the journalism degree. Um, but then I minored in fashion merchandising, and that was how I kind of started. Um, so my first internship was. The it's so funny. I didn't start interning until I didn't actually get my first fashion internship until after I graduated from Howard, which is like crazy. And my parents thought it was crazy. But so what were you doing during the summers? So this is the thing. I had a boyfriend back home. I'm from Seattle, and you know everybody knows Howard's in D.C. So I was going. You know we were doing long distance while I was in college. So every summer I was going back to Seattle because I wanted to spend my summers with him. I would never do that. Again, if I could do it again, I would have been in New York um, working, doing an internship each summer. But I wanted to go home, and so I did an internship at the Seattle Times newspaper. Um, And that's when I knew I didn't want to work for a newspaper. (laughs) And I wanted to do something a bit more creative. And I realized soon after doing that internship that that wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, And then after I graduated... I moved to New York and I started working at, I started an internship at Essence the day after I graduated from Howard. Um, and 
How were you able to get that internship? Yeah, so I came and I applied online and um, I actually knew a family friend had passed around had passed along my resume and I got an interview and I inter- I interviewed I guess a few months before I graduated and they gave me the offer and were like, okay, we need you to come here the day after your graduation. Oh, so wow. you know my mom and my dad weren't that happy that I was going into an internship after graduating and spending all this money in college. They wanted me to walk into a you know a job. Um, was this a paid internship? It was a <laughs> it was really not a paid internship. I got fifteen dollars a day, which was a stipend, a food stipend. So like <laughs> just like a food allowance um, that paid for my lunch every day. So you know my parents still had to help me. I knew for the job that I wanted working as an editor at a magazine, I knew that I wasn't going to just be able to apply online and walk into a job. I knew I was going to have to intern. They want they want to see what you can do. They want to see, you know, um, how quick you are on your feet and just your energy. And so I knew I was going to have to prove myself and get my foot in the door. Um, so I had to convince my mom that this is the right move and trust me, this is going <laughs> to eventually lead to a very satisfying job. Um, and, you know, I always thank my mom because she really did hold me down, you know, for, gosh, I interned for almost a year, you know, after having my degree. and So a year making $15 a day. No. So my first internship was at Essence. Okay. So Essence had this startup magazine called Suede. It was like a very young, cool version of Essence. Um, and it was so dope. And I still miss that magazine to this day. It, I think there were maybe four issues and then it folded, unfortunately. Um, but I started there and I was the fashion intern and I did everything administrative. So it was like I was taking jewelry from Jacob the jeweler with a security guard to the office. Like I was like the messenger. (laughs) I would go pick up samples because there wasn't the budget to actually pay for a messenger service. So that was me. Um, I would unpack clothes when they would come in. I was, you know, everything was very administrative. Um, But I just loved the energy of a magazine. I loved being around fashion. I loved being in a creative environment. I was inspired by the editors who were there. I was um, just inspired by the culture, the whole culture of a magazine and the way all the different processes, all the different departments and the different editors and how we came up with this magazine, everything that everyone contributed, and then the final product. Looking at that, that was very gratifying to me, and I knew that this was what I wanted to do. Even though my internship, I made no money, and you know, I was doing grunt work, but I just loved the energy. Yeah. Um, so I did that for about maybe two months, and InStyle called me when I was at Suede and offered me an internship. I had applied for an internship at InStyle back when I was at Howard, and I hadn't heard anything. Yeah. They didn't call me until until after I had started my internship after I graduated. And obviously, you know, intern, InStyle is a powerhouse, and I couldn't pass up that opportunity, although I did love Suede, but I felt like I was going to get some gain some really amazing experience going to InStyle, so I left Suede and started at InStyle. So were they still under, at the time, were they under the same umbrella at Time 8? No. At this time, they were two separate companies, and it wasn't until I think maybe two years after I had been at InStyle that we acquired or bought uh, the timing bought in Essence, oh, okay. and then they moved. Um, it's so funny because we were in this building in the heart of Times Square at Essence, and I just remember the gr- like the grind every morning, just like powering through all the people, <laughs> and I had no money, and it was just like. <laughs> True New York, like what you would imagine coming to New York and like 
you know, just that energy, that fast, like I was in the heart of that every day with my internship and no money. <laughs> so, back to that internship, the first two months, you graduate with a degree. Yep. And you take a job making fifteen dollars a day, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming all your friends were going off doing yes. other things, actually Absolutely. making real money. Absolutely. What gave you the thought to be like, this is really where I need to be, like, and not compare yourself to your friends? Yeah, you know, I think I was so fortunate to have um, met some women in the industry who told me kind of this is the process. You know, you're gonna have to prove yourself. You're gonna have to work. You're gonna have to get your foot in the door. You're not gonna just step into a glossy magazine as an editor and I was humble very humble I would wanted to do this and I knew when I started my internship like this is where this is what I want to do this is me this is my career and I was willing to do whatever it took to to land a job and I also had um at that time um she was more of my mentor and then we became best friends my friend Daisy Llewellyn rest in peace who passed away last year from cancer um she went to Howard, and we had a mutual friend at Howard who introduced me. She was at Glamour when I moved Glamour Magazine. She was a, she's a few years older than I am, and she had already done this process that yeah. I'm going through. So she was someone who I relied on for everything. She was like, "Don't worry, like you know, just work hard. I promise you, like if you stick to the course, it will you'll get hired. And once you get your friend in the door, then you can worry about building and all of that. But just stay focused, work hard, and I promise you, it's gonna work out. So. No, seeing someone and knowing someone who had done the same path already, you know, that was kind of motivation for me. And it was hard. You know, my mom, all the way in Seattle, every day, you know, was like, how's it going? So do you think they're going to hire you? <laughs> and I'm like, mom, there's no position open right now. You know, there's no position open right now. But, you know, I had to, I had to answer to her and I had to, you know, give her hope that something was going to work out. And, I'm just happy that I had that blind faith because it did. So $15 a day in New York, how do you even survive? Like, where were you living? Yeah, I was, you... you know, I was living on my line sister's couch, you know, on a, and then I had an air mattress after a while, um, and it wasn't until I actually landed my assistant role at InStyle until I was able to, like, get my own apartment. So you leave um, Sway. Mm-hmm. Suede. You, Suede, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. go to InStyle. Yep. So what, is this a, is it the same deal, $15 a day at InStyle? No, so I was making a little bit more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually getting an hourly salary. It may have been like $10. Um, so it still wasn't a lot of money, but it was more than yeah. what I, had, I was making before. And I also had a part-time job at Club Monaco working in retail because I, you know, I still had to look the part and, you know, my mom was helping me and I still wanted to have enough money to be able to go buy clothes or, you know, keep up with the trends and, you know, just even to, you know, if I want to travel and go hang out with my friends, like just, I needed some income. And um, so I had an, another job. So when I would leave my internship, I would go work um, doing retail after. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that was, you know, for me, it was there were long days because because I knew I had a second job. Our days at InStyle started at 10 a.m. But I was like, because I had to leave at 630 to make it to my to my part time job at seven. I was like, OK, I only have so many hours to make an impression. So if the workday starts at 10, I'm going to get there at 8. I want to be the first person that everyone sees when they get to the office. Wow. And I did that every single day. And it was just, you know, really, really working hard to stand out. 
to have a positive attitude, to not be above anything. I mean, I could, if it were, oh, I need you to go get these shoes shine. And this is just me making this up. No one asked me to go get their shoes shine. But I would have done it because yeah. I was just happy to be in the building. Um, but, you know, everything just fell into place. I started, I wanted to, you know, at Suede, I was a fashion intern. And InStyle didn't have any positions open in the fashion department when I applied, but I wanted to get my fit in the door. So I was a general intern and I was a little bit disappointed taking that job because I really wanted to be in fashion. Um, but a general intern floats between all the different departments. And that was a blessing in disguise. I didn't know at the moment that it was going to turn out the way it did. But it was so great because I got to see how each department worked. That kind of floated. So one day I might be in the fashion department. The next day I would be in the beauty department. The next day I would be in the photo department. And I really got to see how each department worked. And it also helped me. Um, build relationships with different senior editors and got to work with different people. So that helped me when positions opened up and they considered me for the job because I had the opportunity to work with them. So, you know, every I just feel like God works in mysterious ways. I really, really wanted to be in the fashion department. It didn't work out that way, but it was great because I ended up working with the beauty director and she ended up hiring me as her as her assistant when her assistant left um, and I had actually moved back to Seattle. I'm like, I like feel like I need to rewind and start over yeah, to kind of so, tell you the story. Yeah, um, so my internship at InStyle, I was hired as a general intern and I really wanted to be in the fashion department, but there were no openings. So I took the position as a general intern and that was the responsibility of kind of floating between different departments. So one day I'd be in fashion, the next day I'd be in beauty, the next day I'd be in the photo department. And it was a blessing in disguise because every day was different and I got I was exposed to different editors so I could build relationships and people, you know, could see how I worked. Um, it was such a great opportunity and I ended up, it's funny, the beauty director at the time, her assistant went on vacation for a week and they asked me to fill in as her assistant for that week. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm about to kill it. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, I would get up every morning, get to work at 8 o'clock, even though the work day didn't start at, at, until 10. When I tell you, it was like, oh, I'm putting water on her desk. Like, everything, <laughs> like, you asked me to do it, I'm going above and beyond. And she did not expect any of this. She did not demand any of this. But it was like, I'm going to show you what your life could be if I were your assistant. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, you know, it, it worked. I made such a great impression on her that when my internship ended, I actually, like I told you, I had this boyfriend in Seattle. So when my internship ended, you know, I had applied for different jobs during my internship at InStyle and nothing panned out. So I decided that I was going to move back home to Seattle oh, wow. um, and try to make our relationship work, this puppy love thing. Like, I don't know what I was thinking, but I was young. And, you know, my advice to any young girls, you know, at that age, right out of college, like you really don't know what love is. <laughs> you really don't. <laughs> and it's all good. You may love, you know, your man or whatever, but you know, pursue your career and if he's if it's meant to be, things will follow, you mm -hmm. know, but making moves just to be at that age to be in a relationship, I just don't think that that's the best idea. Um, I was blessed enough that things changed around. I made a, a bad decision and God was on my side and he brought me back to New York. I so moved. how long were you in Seattle? So I, yeah, so I, it wasn't, it was weeks. Like <sighs> I, my internship, so I stayed at InStyle for 
about eight months as an intern. And then when I was, I decided that I wanted to move back to Seattle to be with him because nothing was working out in New York. Um, I had applied for some jobs, nothing panned out. I interviewed for a position at Nordstrom. Nordstrom is based in Seattle and I got got an offer. So I was like, okay, you know, great. I'll move back home and work for Nordstrom. Um, and I did that. And on my last day at InStyle, I went around and, you know, wrote hand, hand thank you notes to all the editors I had worked with and gave everybody their cards and gave them a hug. And the beauty director said to me when I gave her a card, she was like, you know, if there was ever a position opened here, would you ever want to move back to New York? And I was like, of course. And she was like, okay, send me your contact information, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, she's never going to call me. I didn't even think twice about it. But, you know, I sent her my information and I was on my way to Seattle. Got to Seattle. I was there for two weeks. Yeah. Didn't even start my job at Nordstrom. I get a call. I look on the caller ID. It says Time Inc. I'm like, my heart started beating. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> Who is calling me from New York? And it was the beauty director. It she, I mean, I swear, I love this. I love her so much. She's like my, she's been like the biggest mentor in my life. But she called and she said, hey, Kalana, um, I told you, you know, I, you know, I, when you left, I asked you if you would ever be interested in a position if one opened up. Um, I have, I'm looking for an assistant. And would you be interested? I was like, absolutely. And she said, okay, I need you to take a writing test. She sent me the test. I t sent it back in. And a few days later, they called me with the offer. And I was on the next thing smoking back to New York. Wow. And so you never even worked at Nordstrom. I never even worked at, Nordstr worked at Nordstrom. And I never even second-guessed moving back, even though I thought I was, like, going to start this whole life. I realized when I moved back to Seattle that it just wasn't the right thing. I had grown out of Seattle. I had, you know, spent four years in D.C. It's just a faster pace, and that was my, my pace at this point in my life. And, you know, living in New York, and I moved back to Seattle. Though I love Seattle, I just was a different person. Like, my energy is very different. And the creativity that I was used to being around in New York just wasn't there. I just said, God, you know, was looking over me because what's the odds of that happening? You know, know. them calling me and flying me back to, to you know, New to New York to live for a job, you know. So that's how it all happened um, for me. So I just want to go back to, like, Seattle. Mm -hmm. Where do you think, like, growing up in Seattle and everything, where do you think you got your sense of style and mm -hmm. where you... You got your interest in fashion and beauty. My grandmother all day. Like, my grandmother is still the flyest person I know. <laughs> she is just a lady with class. She has, you know, she loves style. She loves fashion. We grew up, you know, my days with my grandmother on the weekends were church. And then after church, we would go downtown and we would go shopping. And I got to pick out one thing from Nordstrom. Or there is this store called iMagnet that used to be downtown. Um, or the Bon Marche, which is now Macy's. Um, and we would always get to pick out one thing. But that was my life, like being around my grandmother, who had this amazing, impeccable style, always polished, her nails always done, her hair's done, loving quality over quantity, really nice designers, um, and just appreciating fashion. And, you know, always telling me, you know, I remember when I left to go to Howard, I remember, you know, all of my family being at the airport and I had on sweats. And she was like, honey, you know, never wear sweats on the airplane. You never know who you're going to be sitting next to. You know, that was her. These are the things she's telling me my whole life, you know, yeah. just to always, you know, that the way you dress is a, ref is 
a reflection of who you are and what you put out there is you know what people see and what Im you create your image and yeah. always take pride in the way you look and so that was her and so I, but I've always had a very different sense of style. Like in high school, I was always the person that like made my clothes and was just kind of extra with everything. You know, if people were wearing like fake nails, mine had to be like extra fake and like extra long, <laughs> you know? So like everything was just extra or, you know, very different. I never wanted to look like anybody else ever. And that goes like my whole entire life. My parents will tell you that. Like I was always taking a shirt and ripping it up and tying it around my waist. And just, I just always had a, a sense of creativity to me. And so I loved fashion from a very young age. And not that I always knew I wanted to be a fashion editor. It wasn't until I got into college that I realized, okay, this is what I want to do. I read these magazines. I have a subscription to Vogue. I have a subscription to InStyle and Glamour and Lucky. This will be a great career path for me. And so what, did your parents also have a, a good fashion sense or were they creative too? My dad and my mom, they always always had a good fashion sense, I would say, but I, I got it more so from my grandmother. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My dad, you know, he's more of an entrepreneur mindset and he definitely was someone that built my sisters and I up where if we were passionate about anything, he wanted us to chase that. So it's like, you know, oh, you want to run track? Like, okay, well, I want you to be the best track star on that field. <laughs> and, you know, try then he's conditioning and he's showing up at my track meets and showing up at my practice and screaming down. And, you know, and I was like, dad, like back up. But he was just that. He's like, if you're going to do something, do it at 150% or don't do it at all. You uh -huh. know, be be a leader in whatever you do. Try to be the best in whatever you do and give it, give it your all. So he's always been somebody that encouraged and really rally behind any passion of ours that we had and like tried to push us forward. Nice. My mom is just, you know, she is just an elegant woman and she was very big about her look and her appearance as well. Um, but she's just my support system. And again, just like my mom has always just, just like my dad has always um, encouraged us to pursue whatever it is that we want to do. Nice. Yeah. So now you move back to New York mm -hmm. and you're working as a assistant, assistant to the beauty editor. To the beauty director. To the mm -hmm. beauty director. Tell mm -hmm. me about that experience and things you learned. It was so great. Like it was, you know, I didn't even realize the beauty industry was as massive as it is at that time because my mindset was fashion. Um, it wasn't until I worked with her that I realized, you know, how big the beauty industry is and what I could bring to it, you know, as a woman of color um, and working for a mainstream magazine. And I think that that's kind of where I took that and ran with that when I started as with a real position. It was like, what can I contribute to these pages that can speak to people who look like me too? So, and my boss, she was so, so open to any ideas that I had and um, wanted to make sure if we're talking about, you know, um, textured hair that the language is not offensive in any way and I loved that because I felt like I could be a representative for my community at this magazine and bring color into these pages because I knew that my friends read in style just like you know just like anyone else yeah. and so to be able to flip through a magazine and start to see you you know that's going to appeal to you and so that was big for me trying to um, come up with ideas that were inclusive I learned so much about you know, skincare, science, you know, in ingredients, um, interviewing top dermatologists, doing photo shoots with 
Brianna, Carrie Washington. Like, I just got to do so many great things. Um, and I just knew that I was like, this is what I want to do. This is like every day going, it never felt like a chore. Like I'm waking up and like, I don't want to go to work. Every day I was have been excited my whole career to go to work because it's a, such a fun environment. Nice. That's yeah. very different than what most people experience. Yeah, and I didn't realize that until like it would be my friends like, you're lucky. Like, you know, like, I hate my job. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I wish I would have done something more creative. And I wish I would have been a risk taker. And, you know, I feel like that is one thing that I learned from Howard. It was like, you know, we looked at Diddy. You know, we knew that Diddy, you know, came from Howard. Everybody knows that. Uh -huh. And he was a promoter. And, you know, he, you know, he moved to New York and all the things that he's done. So you look at him and you're like, okay. Diddy did it, I can do it. And they tell you, you know, if you want to work in fashion, you move to New York. You want to work in music, you move to New York. You want to be an actress, you move to L.A. Like, don't do it on a small scale. Like, I can only go so high working in fashion in Seattle. Yep. You know, it's, I'm going to be limited in what I can do. But I can reach the sky if I'm in the environment if that allows me to reach the sky. You know, these New York is where all of the magazines are. It's where all the designers are based at, besides, you know, the New York designers besides designers that are in Europe. And so for me, it was important that I was here. So it was like, whether you like the New York life or not, you better get you used to it that. because this is what you want to do. And so was there ever a point, you're from Seattle, right? Mm -hmm. And Seattle is very calm, laid back, mm -hmm. and nice. Like, yeah. you got grass and everything. Yes. Was there ever a point when you were in New York, you're like, what am I doing here? Like, were you ever discouraged? Was there ever moments where you like, I don't know if this is the right decision I made? Only when I was, you know, only when I was an intern and I was interviewing and I, the job offers weren't coming in. Um, I was trying to land a job and nothing was working out. Then I got discouraged. I was like, this place is so competitive. Like, it's never going to happen for me. Maybe I should just go back home, you know, work for Nordstrom. Like, that would be great. I could have a house. You know, it's great schools. Raise a family. Like, you know, then <laughs> you start to mentally you tell yourself, like, this could be it. rationalizing. Like, this could actually be a good thing. And I realized that I was only doing that because things weren't working out. Like, and I was kind of giving up and I was discouraged. And I always tell young girls who ask me about that because that is a reality moving to New York. It is competitive and these jobs aren't just falling out of the sky. You have to work for them. Um, I always tell them, you know, if you're serious about being here, take your job seriously and work hard. And I promise you something will open up. I've seen it happen to so many people where, you know, there was a point where you f could never see that light at the end of the tunnel because all these doors are being shut in your face. But when you keep down that path and you work hard, it works out. I don't know. I just, it always works out. I've seen every person that I've, you know, I remember talking to and they could not find a job. They're all in a career and it eventually worked out. Some, it takes longer for others than, you know, some, some happen right away. Sometimes it takes a year. It might take two years. It might take three years. But I always think, would you rather be waking up going to a job that you love every day or would you rather be miserable? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and then like getting older and not wanting to turn around and start over, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So... You're the associate editor for mm. Beauty. When do you move? What happens next in your career? You know, I've just been so blessed. So I started as assistant beauty editor, and every one and a half to two years, I was promoted. So I was assistant beauty editor 
um, associate beauty editor, beauty editor, senior beauty editor, <laughs> beauty director, and then now fashion and beauty editor at large. So, so you stayed in beauty the whole time, yes, and then just and then, recently yes. have become fashion and beauty. Yes, yes, but fashion and beauty go hand in hand. So even though my title wasn't necessarily fashion, I've always had played a part in fashion, and I am a fashion girl, you know. Um, but I've always contributed to fashion pages, even though it wasn't necessarily my title. Nice. Yeah. So what are some of the biggest things that you've learned over mm -hmm. your career? Gosh, this is such a great question. I definitely learned that um, to surround myself around like-minded individuals. Being in this career, I really have learned that just being positive just for your just for your mindset and just for like you to enjoy your job it's so important just being positive it's so easy to kind of walk into these jobs and there's all these you know misconceptions that you know you come into you see the double works product and you think everyone's so mean and everyone's so arrogant and you know it's so you know it, it's like you're hazed every day there's a little bit of that in fashion but in general if you have a positive attitude and you're happy and you treat people with respect that's what what comes back to you. Um, so I've definitely learned that, like, to put your ego aside, yes, we do have these great jobs, but, you know, be humble and be grateful because anything can be taken away from you. I've also learned that to speak up, to speak up, but but know when to speak up and know when to, to shut up. Yeah. Someone taught me that many years ago, actually when I started um, as an intern. Um, sometimes you can come across a little bit too much when you – you know, when you're an intern and you start to inject, interject yourself into, you know, senior level conversations, and it's great for you to want to be seen and be noticed and, you know, for people to recognize you, but you have to know your place. Yeah. Um, so there's a fine line in where, when you should, you know, know to kind of just be quiet, but also to know when you should speak up to show that you're smart and to show that you have ideas and you're creative and um, that you could be an asset. I've kind of learned that in my career, and I always tell girls that to kind of just like, you know, really gauge temperature, you know, and like don't project yourself too hard on people because this environment, people don't really like that, you know. Yeah. It, it really is about kind of just like staying in your lane, but also being able to shine. So like work hard. And I find that, you know, my generation, when I was an intern, I feel like, all of the interns, we all worked so hard and we didn't have egos and there wasn't social media. So it wasn't, it was different. I feel like now there's social media and people see what you can become, which is great. Um, but people want to get there so fast. Yeah. So a lot of times interns will come in and they think that they're supposed to be hired or that they, that they're, you know, that they should be writing right away. But it's like, I didn't write for so long. Like it took like two years before I could actually write and actually got to see my byline in the magazine. Oh, I wow. just, you know, I did a lot of administrative work before, you know, a lot of, RSVPing for my boss, a lot of, you know, sorting beauty products and, you know, going to events and coming back and reporting what I learned, but I wasn't actually writing and getting clips. But nowadays, a lot of interns come in and they think that they should, they want to see their name right away, but it's like, simmer down, <laughs> simmer down, like put in the work and like show that you can do step A before you can get to step B. You know, yeah. um, I've learned so much. I've learned so much being um, just in my career. And I think 
one of the main things that I've learned too, just like just having a positive attitude and also helping people. Like I think that when you help people and it comes back, it completely comes back to you Um, and not be afraid, not being afraid to help someone or to give someone a chance where it could be like a new designer or a new, you know, it could be a new um, makeup artist who's starting out or a new hairstylist. And it's okay to try them out, even though they might not have the resume, but like they could be the dopest, you know, Uh and give you just give, give some, giving someone an opportunity because someone gave me an opportunity. I always say like, I'm forever indebted to um, my mentor who hired me as her assistant. You know, she gave me an opportunity, you know, that, she changed my life. I, I don't know what I would have been doing if I were still in Seattle. You know, I'd probably be at Nordstrom. I don't know. Nordstrom. But <laughs> I don't know that I would have been able to travel the world the way I've been able to travel. I don't know that I would have been able to, you know, work on some amazing photo shoots the way I have been able to. Um, but it's all about just showing your appreciation, but also, like, helping others. Like, you have to reach back. You have to reach back. Um, in order to grow as a person and to if you think that things are going to happen for you and people are going to reach back and help you you have to do the same yeah yeah and so you've been in the editorial world for is it 12 years now mm-hmm. so 12, trying to tell my age i'm not trying to tell you you're trying to tell my age i don't look like it experience. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you started yeah. when you were like 10 yes so <laughs> exactly exactly but now with social media, you brought up social media and everything and all the changes that we're seeing, like what changes do you specifically see in the editorial world? Well, in the editorial world, digital is key. You know, um, there, you know, people get their information on their phone, you know, and print is always, I'm always going to be, I'm always going to be a print person. I love to flip through pages of a magazine. I love to pick up a newspaper. Like, that's just me, you know? And I think that there will always be that person. Um, But you can't deny that, you know, we Google everything. You look on Instagram for everything. A lot of times you hear about news. You see it on your Instagram before you see it anywhere else. So that's what's changed. So we had to completely adapt to that. Um, So digital, our digital platform is so important. Um, And that's really the biggest change, I think, you know, that I've seen in my career. Um, Has that been a hard thing to adapt to? It was in the beginning. It was. To be completely honest, it was in the beginning because it was different, you know. And so you want to, you know, in the beginning it was like, what is this? I'm I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. You know, and you just hold on to what you know. Um, But we quickly learn that it's like get with the program or else, you know, yeah. and so you just have to adapt. And I think that that's, you know, that's a lesson that I've learned that you have to be able to adapt. I It took me forever to get on social media. Like I was like, no, I'm not with it. Like that's not me. I feel like it's so braggy and I'm just not that person. And then I realized like, no, like it's not braggy. Like everything that I'm doing on social media, this is really my life. So if you take it as being braggy, then that's on you. But like, I'm just documenting my life. And so once I learned that, and once I got past just change and that it's different and there's a different way to communicate now, then I was able to adapt. And you realize like social media is a good look. Like it's been able to open doors for so many people who have talent that maybe couldn't, you know, find their way, um, you know, the traditional, tra- route. the traditional yeah. route, the traditional route that um, now you can 
you know, you can be an entrepreneur and you can create your own wave and that's amazing. So, so many people are becoming their own celebrity in a, in their own right. And that's, that's what's up. I love that. And I feel like, you know, um, that's great. Like I have a daughter, you know, that she can, she can have a passion and it's like, okay, well at a very young age, start to really build um, and create, there's this platform that's available for her for free yes. um, <laughs> to advertise. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've been able to build, even though you say you adapted to it late mm-hmm. in the game and resisted it, you've been able to build a substantial mm-hmm. following mm-hmm. and engagement with the people that follow you. Yeah. Like, what do you think separates you that allowed that to happen? I think I just honestly am completely true to who I am. So, I think that, and I think that that's the key with social media. Like, you can't try to be somebody else. You have to be yourself. And I think that people can tell, people are savvy enough that can tell when when it's real, you know, and you're not, I just am myself. And once I started sharing aspects of my life, you know, my social media grew, and that's great. Um, But I'm I'm just me, and I'm just, you know, sharing certain things, uh, you know, about my life. But I'm very selective on what I share, you know, and I think people have to realize that social media too is what people want you to see, yeah. you know, so nobody's life is perfect. You know, my life certainly isn't perfect, but you know, I share, I share parts of my life. If I can be an inspiration to any girl, especially young black girls, for me, that's that my job is done. You know, um, I always wish that when I were, you know, in high school, I could look to some of these these people who have built amazing careers and I can say oh my god I want to do what she does you know like I had to kind of it wasn't as easy to see it you know a lot of this stuff was kind of hidden or you had to kind of figure out like I for me like I had to find out like who are some you know leaders black women in the fashion industry who could potentially be a mentor to me who can I reach out to like I had to kind of do research for that but now you know it's all out there you can there's so many people who have amazing careers and you can find them by just following them on Instagram and follow their career. You can DM them. I try to always respond to my DMs, you know, always because even if I could just give somebody one quick piece of advice, you know, connect them with our internship coordinator, you know, that I feel like is reaching back and pulling forward, you know, and, and when girls are like, oh my God, you responded. That makes me so happy because I'm like, that was nothing. Like, I'm not, first of all, I'm not a celebrity, but I'm so happy that I can make you feel important because you are. And I, if there's anything that I can do to help you, I will. It's my responsibility. So that's a good thing. I feel like I've gotten out of social media being able to connect with so many young girls who see themselves in me. And, you know, that makes me happy. When you were looking for women that you could see yourself in mm-hmm. that were either big in the fashion world, yeah. like who what was it Naomi Campbell? Like who yeah, was I mean she was a model, so that yeah. you know that's like untouchable. Um, Iman, you know, and it's great now that I can actually say like Iman is my friend. You know, like now working in fashion and being a, you know a black girl in beauty. You know, when the first time I met Iman, she was like so proud and so happy like there's a black girl in style like (laughs) what's your phone number you know like you know that was just amazing so like as much as I looked at up to her and I was like you are everything to me she saw me like how did you get here and I'm so proud of you for getting here what can I do to help you and I want to take you under my wings like that was what's up for me 
What was the question again? <laughs> it was, like, how did you find the people to look to to see yourself in? And then the, the second part I was going to ask is, like, now that you are the editor at large, mm-hmm. what are you doing to, if a, a young woman picks up a magazine, they can see mm-hmm. people that they can connect with and relate to? Yeah, so for the first part of the question, um, I, it's funny, I will never forget my first day at InStyle walking around and kind of doing a tour with the internship coordinator and there was we walked past this office and there was this beautiful woman sydney bolden black and i didn't know her you know i i won't even say i didn't know who she was but i looked in her office and i was like oh my gosh oh my gosh she's black like (laughs) i was so happy because i hadn't seen that and i didn't know anyone this was a new industry and she was so beautiful. And soon, my first day, I went and knocked on her door. I was like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Delta. Like I pledge, so I have no fear in like approaching somebody because you, you learn that, yeah. you know. So I, you know, I was like, I'm going to. She may play me. I don't know, but I'm gonna take my chances. <laughs> so I went and knocked on her door and I introduced myself. And I was like, I just want you to be my mentor. And she was, she like was seriously like gave me some of the best pieces of advice have come from her. She's been such a mentor to me and she was such an inspiration to me um, from the time, from the moment that I started and, you know, has carried through my career. And so for her, me, that it was her, Sydney Bolden. And for a lot of girls of my friends, you know, who work in the industry, she was that to all of us. You know, oh, wow. she worked, she's worked at Vogue, Allure, InStyle. Um, and she went to Howard and Hampton, um, two years at Howard and Hampton. So, she was me, you know, she was me. There was so much, she went to HBCU, she was, you know, lived in Harlem. Like, you know, she was just this fly, amazing, beautiful black woman who's smart, but has soul, has flavor, and she's woke. You know, that was important to me. And so I just saw myself in her. I was like, I am a little you, you know? And she was, and she nurtured me, and she always made time for me whenever I, you know, had a question or needed advice. And so because she was that for me, I felt she was a great example for me. I felt I had a responsibility to do that to do that to the person coming behind me. And is now, she still working in the fashion world? So she still works in the fashion world. I think she's at Net-A-Porter now, um, styling. Um, but she has created her 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 image, and you know she's now can do things kind of her own way and freelance and you know consult and she's completely built you know her career um, and paid her dues and now you know people approach her for work <laughs> you know nice. she can pick and choose what she wants to do and that's nice that's yeah. a beautiful thing yeah yeah but it sounds like. She instilled in you and probably everyone else that she worked with that you just got to give back. You have to give back. You yeah. absolutely have to give back. Um, and I think it's, it's, you know, now it can be, you know, it can obviously be overwhelming that everyone's so accessible now. Like there was something so discreet about kind of an editor's life at the time. Like when I started, like, you didn't really know, like, unless you were in the industry, you didn't really know, like, what went into the day of in the life of being a, a fashion or beauty editor. Um, but now we share everything, so people get to see more. So there's a lot of people who want, you know, to be in this industry even more. Um, and so that means comes more people knocking on the door asking for advice or wanting, you know, wanting to be, you know, your mentee and. So it can be obviously overwhelming, but 
you have to make time for it because that's what makes me feel good is when I can be like, okay, I went through my DMs and I responded <laughs> to everybody. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, like, you you can, you know, there might be sometimes where it might take a while to get back, but it's important that even if you just, you know, say, like, keep pushing on or, you know, maybe I don't have an internship. Um, I'm not looking for an intern right now, but here's our internship coordinator. Just something to get back to someone and give them some type of hope or some type of motivation. Exactly. Yeah. Another thing you've talked about a lot is you've had a lot of mentors. Mm. What gave you the foresight to know that I don't know everything. I need to reach out to someone that could possibly help me. Oh my gosh. I've never, I've always been, I've always been super humble. That's just who I am. Like, I don't think that I know more than I do. Um, I'm human, so I can learn. I can always learn and soak up more knowledge. So I've always just thought if there's someone who's done this and, you know, who's, you know, paid their dues and has went through this and can show me the ropes. I want any type of advice that I can get. And that's what I feel like, you know, I, I'm always constantly trying to tell some of these young girls, like, you don't know everything and don't be afraid to ask questions, you know, like learn, take, you know, learn and take information from who you can or people that, who you admire and maybe you might not agree with it, but like soak it up and apply it in your own way. But I feel like more and more I've met with girls who do think that they know everything or do, you know, and it's like, you know, you don't, you really yeah. don't like, you know, just listen or ask questions or, you know, ask for help because your first impression is, you know, is the biggest thing. And when, and, with, and even in finding a mentor, mm -hmm. they have to see something in you to want to mentor you. Yes. So what do you think they saw in you at the time? I think like, um, hard work ethic. Absolutely. Like, that is it. Like, my dad instilled hard work ethic in me. You know, my dad was like that dad where it's like, you're doing your chores, you wash the dishes, and he's like, nope, there's still something on this dish. Do it over. <laughs> Put them all, you know, like, start over. Like, that was my dad, you oh, know, wow. for everything. Like, he was just uh, he was just hard on us, and he taught us just, you know, you iron your shirt. Like, no, you're, you know, re redo that. Do it over. You didn't do it right. You know, like, you just can't be lazy. So to put 150% into everything. So when I started, that was what I did. It didn't matter what I was doing. If it was making a copy, like, I wanted it to be perfect. Even just, like, if I'm writing something with my handwriting, like, it needs to look great. It cannot look like chicken scratch. I'm going to write it over until before I hand it in so that it looks good. Like, just the smallest, the most minute things, just taking pride in everything. And so I think... My mentor saw that in me, and she, you know, when you see someone who has that ability, it's attractive. You yeah. want, you want, you want to nurture someone like that, and someone who doesn't think they know everything, someone who wants to absorb what you can help them with. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. All right, so I just have a few more questions okay. before I ask them. I want to thank you so much for your of time. Of course, anything for you, I'm always. But I just realized how busy you are and how crazy it is in the magazine world. So for you to take the time out of your day to do this interview means so oh much guys, to me. Oh my nothing at all. No and I just really appreciate it. And I'm all I've been inspired by you since the time I met you. Like from Equally, your drive. I actually want you to be like my brand manager. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't asked you that yet, but I think you do a great job at that. All the advice you've given me too, so we can help each other. <laughs> but when we were in California, you told me. Like, we were, we were driving, and you told me, yeah, I moved to New York, and I took this job uh, at Essence when I was making $15 a day. I'm like, who does that in yeah, New York? Like, yeah. it just, 
I was like, I have to interview her. Yeah. Because no, it, you're, you're just special and you're different and you work you. really hard thank you. at everything you do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I've got two questions okay. left. Okay. And one you kind of answered, but what advice would you give your younger self if you could right now? Mm. And don't say, I'm Hold not going to move back to Seattle. That's such a good question. Without without going talking about moving moving to Seattle, okay. My younger self. Okay, you tell me. I'll tell you two things, and you tell me if you think what you think. Um, save money, save your money. Um, I think that is one thing that I learned. Someone told me that, like later in my career, not later in my career, but I must have been after kind of being in my career for about four years. She was like, save your money. Um, especially working in fashion, it is so easy for you to, you know, to just spend your money on yep. clothes, you know, and look back and be like, wait, I spent all my money on clothes. Like, <laughs> I have nothing to show for it, you know. One thing my mom told me when I first started my job, I remember this when I got when I accepted my job at Insile, the first thing she said was, enroll in your four hundred one k. Like, put your money in 401k. Make sure you're taking, you know, whatever the percentage that the company match. Like, make sure you're investing that. Like, do not even see your first check without putting putting this away. Because once you start to see what your check is before you do it, it's hard to turn around yep. and then do it later. Um, so I'm happy that I did that. But I definitely used to spend my money, like, all my money on clothes and you turn around and you're like, there's not, you don't really have anything to show for it. So the great thing now is that I'm at a level where I can afford to buy the clothes that I wear. And also, you know, I work in fashion, so I might get some hookups here and there. <laughs> but um, I, I would tell, you know, a young girl to like put some money aside, even if it's just like a little bit, like if it's like, okay, every week I'm going to put away $50 and just like not touch it. Yeah. Just so that you really have something to show and you're starting to build and set yourself up for your future. Because it's so easy now, especially with social media, like so many things are for show that you want to stay relevant and you want to have this and you want to have that. It's all about flossing. But you're really not flossing if you don't have anything in your bank account. It's you know? very true. Very true. So like I... That's one thing that I always tell, you know, like if I could go back and tell my younger self, I would say I would have probably started to really save my money earlier on. That is some amazing advice. I remember when I was a senior in college, I did this program uh, like a it was like a real estate program for commercial real estate. And one of the it was all adults and then two college students got to be in it, me and one of my friends. Mm -hmm. And one of the guys came up to me, he was like, man, you seem really sharp, and you're probably going to make more money than you should at a younger age. Mm -hmm. He was like, don't be foolish mm -hmm. and just spend it yeah. so quickly. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was foolish. Yeah. <laughs> like, I heard the advice. I was like, yeah, I got you. I mm -hmm. hear you. Mm -hmm. But then when you go from, like, not making any money right. to making, like, a decent amount, you're like, it's like you have all these things that you want to do yeah. and buy and experience. And you're yeah. like, oh, it's going to keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Yeah. It took me, you know, a good seven years before I was really like, oh, oh this right. is out of control. Yep. Let me yep. become a responsible adult exactly. and save my money. And save your money. No, absolutely. But you know what? There is one thing that, that I always think about. Like I would have told my younger, I would tell my younger self. 
if I could go back, I would have definitely been more adventurous in my life. I definitely would have traveled more. For example, I went to Howard. I would have done a study abroad. I did not do any of that. But my one of my best friends from high school, she went to Columbia. She did a study abroad. Like, that was like, there was no, like, everyone that she went to school with, they did a study abroad. And she speaks, you know, Arabic fluently. Like, oh, wow. you know, so I would have definitely, I feel like in my, when I was young, I did a lot of things to, you know, where it was like, I want to be around. I don't want to miss anything. I want to, you know, I had this boyfriend. I wanted to be around him. But I really should have been focusing on life experiences and learning different cultures and just like experiencing different things in life. Like I definitely would have done a study abroad if I could take anything back. Like I would have done that. I would have really paid attention in my Spanish class, <laughs> <laughs> learn a different language so that now I'm like trying to learn Spanish now. But like just kind of being exposed to different things. And I love travel because travel for me creatively is where I'm, I get all of my inspiration. And I feel like if I would have started traveling younger and doing like, but like not in the U.S., like yeah, traveling so abroad, um, I just feel like my life probably would have been, like I feel like I would have seen more and had more experiences. Um, and, I, and I'm going to encourage my daughter to do that. And I know it's hard for parents to like feel like, oh, I don't want my baby out there. But I feel like it really does shape who you are as a person when you're exposed to different cultures and you have friends of different backgrounds and different ethnicities and you learn different languages. Um, and I feel like I should have started that earlier on in my life. Nice. Yeah. And so, well, my last question you just answered, I was going to ask what inspires you. And you said it's travel. Totally you travel. Different co travel. Cultures. Totally travel. And I think also that it, as I've gotten older, um, I appreciate traveling more than I ever have. Like, I love a great vacation, and I want to always go somewhere that I've never been before. And I feel like every time I travel somewhere that I haven't been, I learn something new. Yes. I meet different people. Um, I get to taste different foods. I get to, you know, learn a different language. And I feel like all of that really does shape who you are as a person. Um, and for me, being working in a creative environment and also being in fashion, I, you know, um, it gives me um, a lot of inspiration, a lot of inspiration. Um, so travel is like number one for me. Nice. Well, thank you again so much for your time. You're welcome. We'll have to do it again. Yes. So this is a quick little bonus of a conversation Kalana and I had right after a quick break we took. I hope you guys enjoy it. Some amazing insight that she provided. I worked to get here. Like I really did. Like. I, I mean, when I tell you, and this is honest to God, anyone here could tell you this. So I interned, I would try, like I told you, I would try to get to work like two hours before. So eight o'clock, the workday starts at 10. But then when I actually started my job as an, as like an editor, I would be here until midnight, the last person leaving all the time. Like, and it's not even that they expected that, but it was that everything that I did, I wanted to do it so well. And I didn't want to ever feel like, I was like the token black girl. You know what I mean? I totally understand. Like I never wanted to feel like I was a token black girl. I wanted to feel like, no, my my work is at the level that it should be and I'm giving everything 150% and I'm thorough. And I made sure of that. There were years that I went, like lived in New York where it was just my career. You know, so like the husband and all that, that came later. And I felt like when I was really at the time, like at the point where it was like, okay, I'm ready for this because I pay my dues in my career and it's like, I need to focus on my personal life too. But I 
paid my dues. And I feel like some of these young girls think that it's going to happen overnight. And it, that's just not real life. I know. I think people see... Like, they see what people put out on social media. Yeah. But they don't see, you know, the five to ten years of work that they put in yes. to get to the point where now I can put this stuff out. Absolutely. And now this is the life I'm living. Right. But you didn't see me here till midnight. Exactly. Every night, working Wrecking, hard. Right. Leaving here, going to a part-time job, doing retail. Like, I mean, seriously. And also, like, having to try to hustle and find different ways to make money so I could buy clothes so that I can look the par, you know, like that was all part of my grind. Like I, I put in work and there are uh, other girls in this industry that I know we all did it together. Like we all, we all helped each other out and we all put in work like my generation. And I just want this generation to know that it, you know, it didn't happen overnight. It may look like that. It may look like I lived this perfect life, but I, you know, first of all, my life isn't perfect, but I paid my dues and I yeah. worked really hard and there were some ugly years, like some years of just, you know, really grunt work and everything wasn't glossy and everything wasn't flying to Paris for this show and going, you know, on this photo shoot and working with these celebrities. I didn't always do that at all. Like I was the messenger center. I always say that, like the messenger center, <laughs> like I was running errands, like I was the one on a hundred degree day like walking outside sweating you know carrying bags because you know Essence didn't have the budget at that time for you know to pay for a carrier you know so I did that and I was making no money like so no that, money how were you also able to look as fly as you look and that I'm was sure. first of all like that was that was part of the reason why I had my part-time job <laughs> and like you know also it's so funny with just like personal style like I always say like you know, I've always been different, but, like, my style has evolved, you know, and I couldn't always wear designer, but it's funny how it's, like, you know, I went from H&M to then to <laughs> Philip Lim, and then now I can, you know, wear Givenchy, like, you know, it's a progression, and then also you kind of learn, I will find, I, one, one big piece of advice that I give to any girl in fashion is not to chase trends. Don't trace fashion trends. I did that. Like, I've been there. I yeah. did that where it's like, this is a hot shoe. I got to have that this season. I have learned that classics are the way to go. You know, my wardrobe is pretty much all black. You know, I have some color in it, but my wardrobe is pretty much all black. And I try to, you know, I, I like different types of silhouettes, different shapes and different textures because I think that makes clothes interesting. But for the most part, when you buy something that is so of the moment, you can only wear that for the season. If yep. it's a recognizable print or pattern, yeah, you'll get a few wears out of that. But next season, you won't want to be caught dead in that. Especially <laughs> now everything's documented on social media. You're uh -huh. taking pictures. So, like, invest in classic things. Like, that's one thing that – that's one piece of advice that I would give any person working in fashion. I went through that wasting so much money and buying something that was so of the moment and only got to wear it two or three times and then, like, would never be caught dead wearing it again because it, it's old news after the season's over. Exactly. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, please share it with your community on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Snapchat, and write a review on iTunes. My goal is to inspire and help as many people as possible, and by you sharing, we will be able to do this together. You can also shoot me an email if you have any suggestions. Thank you for your time.